people that work at brands are realizing that it's not all about them and their product like in order to make a fantastic piece of of art and a piece of you know content that's going to live on it's about the values that underpin that it's about the authenticity that surrounds it it's about creating conversation and i think in order to do that you really have to trust your collaborators greetings and welcome to content that moves the podcast from brand storytelling and credo nonfiction where it's my distinct pleasure to interview the brightest minds in branded content creation who are out there telling the stories that make you actually feel something on behalf of brands. I'm your host, Jesse Raisler, the founder of Credo Nonfiction, where we partner with brands to find and tell stories that reveal brand purpose and deepen brand meaning in a way that traditional advertising just doesn't. This podcast is co-produced by Brand Storytelling, bringing you the latest news, trends, and insights in branded content with top-of-industry events and in-depth industry coverage online. Brand storytelling encourages a higher level of collaboration amongst advertisers, agencies, media partners, and creators in pursuit of a richer media environment. For more of the latest in the world of branded content or to explore event offerings, visit brandstorytelling.tv today. My guest today is Holly Frazier, Editor-in-Chief and Senior Director of Content at WeTransfer. She oversees content at WePresent, which is WeTransfer's award-winning editorial and digital arts platform. They create and commission unexpected stories of creativity from all over the world, across film, music, photography, art, and literature. Holly and I discuss what, to our knowledge, is the first brand-funded Academy Award-winning short film, The Long Goodbye along with WeTransfer's overarching strategy with their platform, WePresent. Holly, I'm so excited you're here, and I can't wait to dig into really all the incredible things that you're doing at WeTransfer, um, but it's always good to have a fellow journalism major on the program. There's more and more of us in this field, I feel I like, um, and I think that'd be a cool place to start. I mean, you, you came up through editorial on magazines and, and TV, and I'd love to hear how your path led you from journalism, magazines, TV, to the brand side mm-hmm. at WeTransfer. Um, I think it was, it felt kind of natural, I guess. I'd been in journalism for, giving away my age, but about 12 years um, before I started at WeTransfer uh, and loved it. Um, I, you know, I love storytelling. I always have. Um, I worked in magazine journalism, news journalism, and um, short form storytelling via documentary, um, but felt that I kind of wanted a bit of a change and something a bit different. And actually it was I wasn't sort of intending to go brand side. I actually was planning to go freelance and kind of figure out what I wanted to do, whether I wanted to, you know, write more or sort of just take a bit of time out. Um, and I ended up speaking to the old editor of um, We Present, a, a guy called Rob Alderson, who's fantastic. Um, and he was telling me about We Present and the work that We Transfer did. And I was kind of like, you know, I've never worked at a brand before. Mm-hmm. Is it super corporate? What's it going to be like? How much creative freedom is there? Uh, and he was sort of like, no, it's, you know, it's a very different brand. We Transfer is not. You know, it's not like this big tech scary company that uh, steals creators' stories and sort of repurposes them for themselves. And I was like, okay, look, I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, I thought the work that they were doing was amazing, diving into, you know, very representative stories from all over the world that really represented WeTransfer as a brand. It is, it's, a, it's a service that's used in, I think, 190 countries around the world. Um, and I think that really resonated with me and the work I'd done um, up to that point in journalism. Uh, so ended up taking the job, moved to Amsterdam, um, had a wonderful team. And I think it was, you know, quite often when you start a new job, I think you go, oh, you know, I'll do it for a year. I'll see what happens and then kind of figure it out. And that was nearly four years ago. Um, it is a really fantastic brand. It's very principled. It's very value driven. 
uh, it ha- we have a lot of creative freedom to make work that I think really matters and helps to kind of move the cultural needle forward. Um, and we're really proud of some of the work we've created. So I'm I'm very happy I, I took the plunge and went brand side. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome to hear. Um, help help me understand how it, it functions. So you've got we we transfer in the brand, and I'd love to hear like how you mentioned how the values might guide some of the content, but. How is it structured with like we present? Is that like a separate publishing entity? Or are they all on the same? Um, I mean, we're all kind of under the same umbrella. So we transfer is the uh, original, you know, kind of parent company, I guess. Um, it's it's as a service and a brand that's 12 years old. Um, but I think people, there's a misconception that we present is very separate to it. And that's not really the case. We transfer as a brand has always been one that's been very embedded in the creative industry. It was founded by a designer and an advertiser 12 years ago is literally a way of like sending their files to like, music clients and things like that. Not, um, you know, not by kind of some tech guys who wanted to sort of, you know, take, take over the world or something. Um, and uh, because of that, uh, they had a lot of friends in the creative space. Um, we, we transfer. Uh, one of the things that's very um, sort of synonymous with us is, is our backgrounds. We call them wallpapers that we transfer. Uh, and in the beginning, they were given away to artists and creatives and causes that, that the founders believed in. Uh, and that's something that has um, stayed true up until now. We still give away 30% of our advertising inventory to artists and creative causes. Mm. Um, and actually, you know, when the company started and they were giving away these, you know, backgrounds to artists and 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 creatives, that caused a lot of traction and people would get in touch and say, hey, how do I find out about this artist? Can I buy their work? What's their story? Uh, and that led to us kind of realizing there was an appetite for that kind of storytelling. So we transfer then started doing a few smaller projects um, back in 2016, Prince dropped his album via WeTransfer. Uh, I didn't realize that. Pretty cool. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Not just just a small casual thing like that. You um, said we're from Minneapolis. So, well, I mean, there you go. We, we bleed purple. Uh, <laughs> Legendary yeah. then. Um, and then uh, that led to WeTransfer Studios, who, that worked on a few kind of um, one-off projects. Uh, and then there was, you know, the realization internally that actually. The work that the creative work that we were that we were making really resonated with our audience, most of whom identify as working in the creative industry in yeah. some way, um, and so then that kind of snowballed and turned into We Present, and that was five years ago, uh, and it started off, um, you know, telling stories of creatives and spotlighting artists from all over the world, being super representative in that sense, and in the last probably three and a half years. We've really expanded our offering. We create and commission um, films, short films, documentary. Uh, we put on exhibitions uh, in real life. We work with photographers. We have a literary series. We have a biannual magazine. Uh, and WeTransfer is also a B Corp, which few people realize. So we also mm. work with our corporate um, social responsibility team to make sure that our storytelling, wherever possible, is also upholding uh, the values and missions of the of the company as a whole as well. I love that. I feel like I don't see many B Corps in the tech space. I, I think <laughs> I'm right in saying that we are the largest tech company that is also a B Corp. And it's something that we're, we're super proud of. And it really underpins a lot of the work that goes on at WeTransfer yeah, as well. I don't doubt it. Well, um, just to clarify a bit too, like for anybody, I'm Probably everybody in this podcast has used WeTransfer. You know, I, I remember using it very early on. Um, so you talked about the backgrounds. So like when you're transferring, like you're uploading, essentially there's a, a screen there and it's kind of open real estate. So you that's where you were able to feature art and that's where it kind of got started. Then. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we realized that, you know, so many people, like I said, that work in the creative industry were uploading big files, whether that was like sending their films or their albums or whatever it might be. And sometimes that can take a little while. So yeah. we were like, well, actually, there's a real great opportunity there to um, kind of uh, serve people this amazing storytelling that actually kind of can inspire them and educate them whilst they're also doing their work. And that was uh, that was how it was born. Sam is often the one uploading our films. 
via Vimeo. And wouldn't be nice if Vimeo had something like that. Vimeo, if you're listening, take a, maybe they could take a, a little cue <laughs> for when we Vimeo. transfer. Or maybe we should be sharing our films and we transfer instead. Well, yeah, uh, you, know, you better be. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's super helpful to just like understand how how that works. And then in terms of your role in that team, like, are you looking for these stories that sort of you know, tap into those values that you want? Like, how do you, how do you put together like your editorial goals, mandates, calendar, uh-huh. like, like all that stuff? Um, so, I mean, we transfer as a company is one that uh, our mission is, is creativity first and it always has been. And I think we use that as the kind of guiding principle of our storytelling on We Present. We try not to be too prescriptive, I have to say. We don't work like a normal editorial news site, for example. We don't follow a news cycle. Um, we don't cover stories that you would maybe see on you know, sort of similar publications. We want to make sure that what we're offering is very unique. Uh, yeah. That leads us to actually commission pretty much all of our work um, ourselves. So the We Present team, um, which is eight of us, are all people from journalistic backgrounds or art curation backgrounds or music mm. backgrounds themselves. Um, so this is something that we've all done throughout our careers, sort of, you know, really figuring out how to find and elevate interesting stories. Um, and from a company point of view, I think WeTransfer has always been, you know, about shining a spotlight on on creativity and how it can be used as a tool for progress. Um, so that is something that we really use to kind of underpin our editorial strategy as well. And, and what we do as a team is have uh, monthly curation meetings um, okay. where we kind of challenge ourselves to look outside of our own echo chambers for artists and work that we feel is really interesting and is is poignant and is actually doing something to kind of move culture forward. Um, we also make a real point of making sure that we're not overly Western centric, which I think can sometimes be the case with a lot of publications. Um, we've so far featured artists, more than a thousand artists from more than a hundred different countries around the world, um, which is quite a feat, I think. And it's, it's something that, you know, uh, myself and the editorial team are really proud of when we come into a curation meeting it's sort of forcing people to find something that they maybe wouldn't in their day-to-day you know scrolling through instagram or whatever so those curation meetings will often see people getting in touch with galleries in countries around the world or kind of you know google translating foreign newspapers to find out what's happening in different subcultures and parts of you know the places where we transfer is used but we don't necessarily have a presence um, but I think the other thing that's very key to our editorial strategy and goals is being very intentional with our storytelling and very authentic. And I know authentic is a word that gets kind of bandied around everywhere these days. Um, but it, we look at, you know, all facets of a story to make sure that that it is as, as kind of truthful as possible. Um, so that's, you know, if we're not the right people to tell that story, we find a journalist that understands the nuance of that culture, for example, or that artist. If we're making a film, we're making sure that the people behind the camera and the people involved in like casting and script and, you know, all of the production are people that also understand the nuance of the story, which I think is something that not a lot of people do as much as they maybe should. And it's something that's always been a real cornerstone of the work that we've done. So for us, I think it's it's very much quality over quantity as well. We don't, you know, churn out 10 stories a day. We, we publish a few things a week. And a lot of our work can take, you know, sometimes up to two years to produce. Um, so it's very much about making sure that that the company's goals, which are sort of creativity first, um, are present in our storytelling, but also where possible, um, trying to kind of tie that into the the social responsibility uh, goals of the company as well. So we've worked with artists um, that then uphold, uh, you know, work in with indigenous communities in Brazil, for example, and we kind of work with them to amplify that message and I think what we transfer has always done 
which is different to other brands is is realize when we're not the right people to be speaking but we have a huge platform so we do mm. give that over quite often to people that we feel um can speak on a subject um more authentically than we can yeah well that is how you guarantee authenticity yes, to your point exactly. like, that's that's great um so you mentioned the social responsibility. I mean, the, going through the catalog, I mean, the work is incredible and so varied. It was like this huge swatch, swath of creativity in all different mediums. Like, are there specific, like, you, like brand values or purposes that tie everything together? Or are you really just truly like looking for variety of viewpoints in the creative world? Yeah, I think it very much is variety. I think the work that we do, we were having a, a meeting actually with someone earlier and they were asking a similar thing. And we always say when we we meet with artists and they're like what's the brief We're like there isn't a brief you know the brief is make something that feels important to you make something that is authentic and make something that you feel could potentially start a discussion or actually move culture forward in some way uh, and that's something that we transfer has always done it's very much been you know creativity and creativity means many different things to many different people you know depending on where you are in the world and what your background is and we want to make sure that we're giving a space over to those multiple viewpoints to make sure that when we talk about creativity, it's not in a very narrow sense and it can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people, which is why a lot of the work that you see on We Present is is very varied and comes at that from a number of different viewpoints. Wow, that's that's incredible. As an artist, what an amazing thing to hear, like from, from a commissioning a <laughs> entity. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what do you what, what have you been wanting to do? What well, do you think? exactly, like, and like, I think, you know, like like I was saying earlier, we don't like follow a news cycle, so we're not kind of saying to someone, okay, like what are the themes in your, your new album? Talk about that only. It's kind of quite often... You know, what are you passionate about? What have you not got the chance to do yet? What is it that actually uh, inspires your craft? And, you know, what is it that kind of makes you tick as an artist? And that's what we want to dig into to create work that is a little bit different than what's out there, but also I think um, is more evergreen. I think it's more it's more sort of about the themes that underpin sort of craft and practice and creativity generally, uh, which is something that we feel, you know, can resonate with a lot of different people on a lot of different layers. Um, and also a lot of the work, you know, that we're, we're quite proud of when we present is, things that you could watch now or you could watch in five years time and hopefully you would still find a meaning behind it evergreen as we say often in exactly the, in the industry. <laughs> yeah. um well let's talk about some of the, the actual work specifically um you're the first guest we've had on the show that can claim an oscar-winning short film oh, so, so congratulations good. thank you very much i think one of the first brands to like ever earn that honor i've heard of maybe one or two but yeah i that's... think i think we i mean I, i'm pretty sure that we were um the first brand of our type to to yeah. win an academy award yeah it's also of our size we're pretty small compared to the netflix and the apple right of the world. right <laughs> so yeah that's a film called the long goodbye like Tell me about The Long Goodbye. Well, give us a, like a short synopsis of the film and then how did that all come together? So so The Long Goodbye is a film by Riz Ahmed and uh, Anil Kariya, the director, um, which is a short film. It's, it's 11 minutes long, but I think it packs in uh, more sort of, you know, action and power and meaning than a lot of films I've seen that are sort of, you know, two hours long. Um, and it's at its core, it's about intolerance and it's about rising intolerance that was, you know, particularly... Um, prevalent in Britain at the time the film was was made in 2019, but I think actually speaks to you know injustice and intolerance that it, and prejudice that is apparent in all parts of the world. Absolutely. So the, the themes are very universal. Uh, I won't I won't give too much more away in case anyone hasn't seen it, but it's it's haunting, it's powerful. Uh, you, you need a minute after you've watched it. It's it's a bit like kind of you know punched the gut, but it was when we saw it, we we knew it was an incredible um, story that we really wanted to tell and get behind. Uh, and how it started, it, I mean, it was a conversation with with Riz and his team and his manager, Caroline, 
um, who'd seen some of the work that we'd done on We Present and, and liked it, and, you know, kind of reached out and were like, oh, would you guys be interested in having a chat? And we were like, yeah, sure. I'd, I'd done some work in previous in my previous job with um, with with Raisin magazines, mm. and had always been a huge fan of his work. And he's such an eloquent and and um, you know pioneering um, artist, I think. Um, so you know, definitely was like, yes, please, let's have a chat. And we kind of were talking for probably about six months. Um, and Riz was working on on an album at the time, which sort of was about his kind of feelings about breaking up with Britain post post Brexit. Uh, and a lot of those themes obviously are prevalent in in the long goodbye as well. Um, but we were talking, we kind of settled on some themes that we, that Riz wanted to explore. Um, he hooked up with Anil Korea, who's the director of the film, uh, and we kind of said to them, "Yeah, look, you know, we trust this vision. We've seen a deck, we've seen a treatment and a script, but go for it. Like, make what you want to make." Um, and it's quite funny in speaking to Riz and Neil since the film, they kind of said to us, "Oh, we expected you guys to come back at any given moment and go." yeah, you can't make this film or oh, this is great, but, you know, any chance of putting a little WeTransfer uploading <laughs> symbol in there, <laughs> which obviously would have drastically changed the film. Um, and then it was filmed um, on on two uh, of the shortest days of the year in, in late December in 2019. And we were sent a first cut uh, in February in 2020, just before everything changed, mm-hmm. shall we say. Um, and I remember actually watching it uh, at my dining table at home um, after work one day and just being floored. Um, it was, it was, it was even, it was still a rough cut, but it was, it was so powerful. Uh, it was, you know, I, th- I think I cried the first time I saw it cause it was really haunting. Um, and I sent it to, um, my boss, Damien, who's our CCO, just being like, I think this is incredible. You know, I can't wait to put it out. What do you think? And he was like, wow, this is the best thing that, you know, we've ever been a part of. Um, and then the film screened and was released in March. Um, uh, we screened it in, in London and a few places in Europe. Um, and it had a lot of traction. It was actually within a week of being released, um, was brought up in British Parliament as a, a creative and artistic example of what people were actually feeling, um, which at that moment we were like, wow, this is amazing. It's been discussed in Parliament. This is the peak of what we've done. Little did we know yeah. <laughs> it was kind of going to have a life um, that, that really, really went on after that. But I think it's, you know, it's testament to the film that Risen and Neil made that it did connect with so many people on such a visceral level. And, you know, while it was really fantastic to finally you know it won a number of awards at film festivals and then finally won the academy award i think what was more important was than you know the awards which obviously are great was the fact that this type of storytelling was being recognized on such a huge level um which i think is you know gave a lot of people courage and hope and you know we had so many people reach out going and we we never thought like a brand would would be involved and make something like that which made us really proud as well because we've always kind of wanted to go against the grain but more than that, it's about making something that that can hopefully change people's perception and and actually do more for culture than you know an average piece of brand storytelling. So it was it was a huge honor to be a part of it. I mean, I think a big theme that we're hearing the last few days here at Brand Storytelling is like be thoughtful about the creative, the maker you're going to work with, and then sort of get out of the way and let them like do what they do best. And it sounds like that's one thing you did here. But to to win like you know the highest honor of the land in for film craft like what was did you have a film festival strategy was that even on your radar or like how did you ride in because that <laughs> films don't win oscars by no chance. not by like... just like oh just won an oscar uh no i i mean i have to say like we you know we're pretty we we present like i said it's we're not super old we're we're, we're five years old there's eight of us that work on the team 
Um, there was a lot of hands on deck for this project particularly. Yeah. Um, we do we do have an internal comms team who are fantastic, and we worked very closely with um, on on the strategy for the film alongside Riz himself and and his team. Um, we entered it into a number of film festivals, but I have to say we we were rolling with it. You know, mm-hmm. as it was going, we were like, okay, well, where else can we enter this? How can we have people see this? And it wasn't ever about you know, industry cred or awards. It was about, we want as many people as possible to see this film because it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we won it when it won, I mean, the, the pinnacle for us at one point, it won a Biffa award, um, which is, you know, in, in Britain, it's an award for British independent filmmaking, mm. um, which uh, was huge acclaim. Um, and then, you know, to win an Oscar, you have to um, win certain awards at, at specific Festival. Oscar qualifying film festivals, yeah. exactly. And so when that happened, we were like, okay, this is, this could happen now. This, like, what, what do we do here? Uh-huh. Um, so we, you know, there was a lot of myself and Caroline, risk manager, on the phone a lot, being like, right, okay, what's the strategy? How are we going to kind of push this out there? Um, and worked with, you know, a few fantastic um, comms teams and, and press agents to to really get the film out there. But I think, you know, the, the film did the work on its own. Like, yeah. it's such a fantastic piece of filmmaking that when someone sees it, I don't think they can ignore it. Um, so, you know, once it actually had gone through the film run, we, we obviously did all the work needed to go through the Oscar qualifying stages and then found ourselves at the Dolby theater in March and the rest is history. (laughs) Amazing. So what, what's changed? Like, I mean, as a, as a brand publishing entity, you brought home an Oscar, like, does that buy you more latitude? I mean, you sound like you had a lot of latitude to begin with. Now can you be like, oh, we're going to do the sky's the limit, anything we well, want. Or is yeah. it just the same old, same old? Like, are you like, what's the next? No, you know? I think I think for us, um, it's always been about, like I said, quality. And, you know, we don't want to rest on our laurels or be like, oh, we've won an Oscar, that's great. I mean, you'd think maybe it buys you a bit more freedom than it actually does. <laughs> um, I was worried you'd say that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but no, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's fantastic. It, I think it really... Um, strengthens people's belief that don't necessarily work in the creative um, areas of, of, of brands or, you know, of, of this type of industry to go, oh, wow, this work can actually make a difference uh, and can elevate your brand and create legacy, which I think has always been really important to us. The work we do, what we present mm. is not is not really after short-term gain or short-term goals. It's about creating a legacy for WeTransfer and being seen as a company that has always supported creativity and will continue to do so and, and you know, post-Oscar win, we're just really looking for, you know, stories that can um, move the cultural needle in some way. That's something that we have done and will continue to do. Um, it, it opens up, you know, a few doors in terms of people kind of going, okay, you're not just a file sharing company. You guys are actually creative and you understand filmmakers' vision. So so mm. we've been working with, um, you know, a number of different filmmakers. Can't say too much, but coming out later this year, which we're super excited about. Mm. But what's always been important to us and really hasn't changed is it's not just like big names and awards and you mm-hmm. know oscar ceremonies we we as a company have always existed to support creativity in all guises and we still feature work of first-time directors that we believe in um so yeah not not a whole lot has changed i have to say um which i think you know if you speak to Riz and Anil, they would say the same thing they say you know it's fantastic in the moment and it's a huge honor but it's at the end of the day it's a statue like can't do that much more for you. <laughs> I'm sure they're still writing treatments just like they always did <laughs> exactly. and like yeah. pitching like they always did. Um, wow, that's, it's amazing. Um, I'm curious too, like, it's it's awesome to hear you saying like, you, 
one of the big goals is just moving the cultural mm -hmm. conversation forward and like this is really rooted it's one thing to be like oh we made a film that won this award but it's also rooted in like you said your understanding i mean i'm sure filmmakers are a big part of your audience yeah. so it's like you're tell me you understand what I'm trying to do as a filmmaker without telling me you understand what I'm trying to do as a filmmaker. Oh, you made, you helped empower a filmmaker to make a film that won this award. That's yeah, no, exactly. I, th I think for us, it, it really, as a brand, it elevates people's understanding of what we want to do and of what we're trying to do and what we have been doing. I think one of the great things about being recognized for something like an Oscar is people actually understand the the complexity and the nuance of what we what we try to do with creativity as well. Yeah, not to mention, I mean, just the earned media around that too. It's like there was a lot be, of press articles. It got to be huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's like, I'm sure myriad, myriad benefits. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, well, to like other brands who maybe aren't <laughs> that far along, like as to winning the highest honor in the line, but are like, like we can make content that does what you're trying to do with furthering cultural conversation. Um, what advice, like takeaways, anything that you would offer? Um, I would say you really have to listen to the artists and the creatives that you're working with. Your ego has to be non-existent in the conversation. Um, don't always think that you know best. And, you know, obviously people that work at brands, we understand our brand in, you know, intrinsically. But I think what we're seeing here at Brand Storytelling, which is really exciting, is that people that work at brands are realizing that it's not all about them and their product, like in order to make a fantastic piece of, of art and a piece of, you know, content that's going to live on. It's about the values that underpin that. It's about the authenticity that surrounds it. It's about creating conversation. And I think in order to do that, you really have to trust your collaborators. Um, you know, for us, we would never work with an artist, get a treatment back and go, oh, actually what we want to say is blah, blah, blah. You know, you when you when you decide to work with someone, go all in, like trust their vision, trust what they want to do, trust what they want to say, take risks. I think that, you know, we're moving into a space where brands realize that that's important. Like audiences understand brand storytelling they understand art they understand filmmaking they're not you know they're not stupid they can see through um work that is fickle and is you know made with the wrong intentions and i think that the best way you can do that is is surround yourselves with creators and collaborators that really inspire you whose work challenges you and then trust them in the process um, which i think is the best thing people can do lovely advice to end on Thank you so much, appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, it's been a pleasure. You can view Holly's and her colleagues' work, including the Academy Award-winning short film, The Long Goodbye, on WePresent's digital platform at wepresent.wetransfer.com. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast and I'd love to hear from you. If you have ideas for guests or topics for future episodes, drop me a note at jesse at credononfiction.com. <laughs>